Hi, I'm Jordani Karma, and I've loved to read ever since I can remember, but I haven't always understood how to find the books that work for me. In the last few years, I've put focused time into my reading life to explore new-to-me genres and find the reading frameworks that work for me. I've gone from being completely lost in a sea of titles to homing in on the exact reads that will be amazing for me. In this season, I'll share my very first time keeping a reading journal, and I'll recommend the titles I discover and love along the way, along with specific practical tips to help you find the books you need in your reading life. This is Season 3, Episode 2 of Reading Like an Adult, and this episode is all about reading moods and how to keep momentum going in your reading life. I love lists, and reading lists have guided me for the last two years or so, always taking me to the next book I want to read so I don't have a gap in my reading life. I never thought of myself as someone who depended on a specific reading mood to hit me to pick up a particular title. But for several months now, I've struggled to follow my own lists. I'll think of a reading theme, either a genre or an idea that ties several books together in my mind, and decide I'm going to read it during a specific month. When I'm planning it, the books on my list are exciting and I can't wait to pick them up. This approach worked incredibly well for me in my 2020 year of fiction when I worked my way through 12 reading themes month by month. I can't explain why, but lately the excitement for the books on my list has been dissipating by the time I get to the month of reading I planned. I'll make a list of books about mermaids, and it sounds so fun and decadent when I'm thinking about it, but then I won't finish any of the books I try. I'll tie together several books about women in dystopian settings and then realize I overthought the theme by the time I get to it and I won't actually pick up any of the books on the list. I wondered if maybe I was just planning too far ahead. For February, I thought I would try a month of reading the microhistory historical fiction that's been on my TBR list, planning this reading theme just a couple of weeks beforehand. Last year, I read several historical fiction titles with what I'm calling weird settings or plots for a very enjoyable month of reading. With this reading theme, I wanted to tie together some reads about women in unique moments in history. I was so excited to read these books. But the first title I picked up, while it featured some beautiful writing, had a very slow setup. And the second book started out with a narrator that I hated reading. In the meantime, I checked out some other library books I couldn't wait to get to. It was as if my reading mood shifted too quickly to stay in that theme, and I got bogged down. So I let myself return all of the historical fiction books, mostly unread, and focus on the books I was excited about. All of this is the long version of saying that there are a lot of books in my reading journal that I'm documenting as incomplete. Usually it's because I want to remember why I put down that specific book and learn from it for when I choose future reads. But I'm also learning that there are some books I start and want to get back to someday, when the right reading mood strikes again. If you're a mood reader who doesn't want to overthink your reading life, you might think tracking your reading life won't be helpful. But the rise and fall of your reading moods in a journal is, I think, still crucial for clarity in your reading life. It can keep you from that deja vu feeling of realizing yet again that even though you thought you were in the mood for a specific type of book, It's a genre or theme you've picked up several times before and never actually enjoyed. A reading journal isn't a restraint on your reading time, and it shouldn't dictate the books you pick up. 
It's about protecting your future self from using valuable reading time to discover all over again that X genre or author doesn't work for you. I'm keeping my TBR lists, but instead of seeing them as requirements to work through, I'm letting them be suggestions for what I might want to read when the reading mood strikes me. If you're a mood reader by habit, or if you're also going through a serious mood reader phase, you could try keeping reading lists of genres you already love and or want to try to read more of in your reading journal so they're ready whenever you need a specific type of read ASAP. Two years ago, I started a year of fiction that changed my reading life. If you haven't listened yet, you can hear all about it in season one of this podcast. For 2022, I wanted to explore nonfiction with a theme and reading list for each month. As I try to stay in touch with my reading moods, I'm being very gentle with this structure. My goal is just one book for each month in a nonfiction genre or theme. I especially want to be careful when it's a genre I've read often and burned out on before. For February, I read a narrative nonfiction read, The Woman They Could Not Silence, One Woman, Her Incredible Fight for Freedom, and The Men Who Tried to Make Her Disappear by Kate Moore. If you're not familiar, narrative nonfiction is a historical narrative that's written as a compelling, page-turning story. The story of Elizabeth Packard, an aspiring writer and mother of six who was torn from her home in 1860 and put in an insane asylum by her husband for her radical ideas about women being equal with men, is absolutely a page-turner, thanks to Moore's meticulous research and pulsing writing. She gives us Elizabeth as a real person, with direct quotes from letters, diary entries, and writings, both from Elizabeth and the people in her life, including the husband who put her into the asylum, and the superintendent doctor who pronounced her insane because she expressed her own feelings and religious beliefs. I discovered this read because a few years ago I read and loved Kate Moore's first book, The Radium Girls, The Dark Story of America's Shining Women. Also, a can't-put-it-down narrative nonfiction read. The Radium Girls is the story of the young women who painted dials with radium in factories during World War I. Directed by their supervisors to lick their brushes to get that perfect point, the girls ingested radium on a daily basis, not realizing it was a dangerous substance that would later corrode their bodies until they died. Their incredible fight for justice was a landmark case for workers' rights. If you're interested in more reading about women ignored or forgotten by history, another compelling narrative nonfiction read is The Five, The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper, by Holly Rubenhold. Fair warning, this is a moving and incredibly sad read, since you know based on the title that each woman you're learning about is going to meet a tragic end. But it's a fascinating and important book reminding us that the victims in infamous murder cases were real people, and in this case, real women whose lives were cartoonized and reputations tarnished by the press, as newspapers sensationalized the case and fabricated information about the victims, the better to sell more papers. The Five reclaims their lives and gives us Polly, Annie, Elizabeth, Catherine, and Mary Jane as they really were. I tend to get into a certain reading zone with genres or authors and stay there a while, and several years ago I got on a Silicon Valley reading kick, taking in the stories behind Facebook, Twitter, Apple, and other companies that change the way we live and connect with other people. Some of my favorite reads in this area were 
Hatching Twitter, a true story of money, power, friendship, and betrayal. The Everything Store, Jeff Bezos and the Age of Amazon. The Pixar Touch, the making of a company. And Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup, aka the story of Elizabeth Holmes and the web of lies that got her startup Theranos funded with billions of dollars, but eventually crumbled when it turned out that she did not, in fact, have the technology to read your health with a single drop of blood. Reminder, you can find all these titles in the show notes at readinglikeanadult.com. Narrative nonfiction about Silicon Valley was a genre slash theme I had to set aside for a while because I overdid it and burned out. But I'm very intrigued now by the 2020 book, No Filter, The Inside Story of Instagram, by reporter Sarah Fryer, so maybe it's a genre that's coming back around for me. If I love No Filter, you'll probably hear about it on this podcast or in my Substack newsletter, People Who Like Things, so stay tuned. In each episode of this season, I'm sharing a specific, concrete idea that I hope will make your reading life better. For today's reading resource, I wanted to talk a little bit about the many ways you can use your library for an incredible reading life. If you're a mood reader, and by that I mean you need to be in the exact right frame of mind to pick up a book, and you tend to change your mind quickly about what you want to read, the library is a godsend. There's no stakes. You can check out whatever you want and return it unread or half-read, or you can read it if it's the right book at the right time for you. If you haven't done this yet, explore your library's options. Obviously, you can go to a physical library and check out books, but does your library have an overdrive that will let you check out Kindle books and audiobooks through the Libby app? Kindle and audiobooks can be great options if you're an impulse reader who needs to see a book and have it in your hands or ears right now. Something I only realized recently is that my library lets you request a hold for books that are still on order, often when they're still in the pre-order stage. If you want that buzzy upcoming book without the commitment of buying it, you might be able to put it on hold at the library and be one of the first readers to get it. As a side note, yes, pre-ordering books yourself is wonderful and a huge boost for authors, but library requests are also a big help. They tell the library how in demand the book is and encourage them to buy more copies for circulation. Juggling holds can be tricky for mood readers because by the time you get the book, it might not be the exact thing you want to read anymore. Check if your library lets you suspend holds in your online account. If you're not sure if you want to read a specific book right now, you can keep your place in line and suspend it until you're ready. Whenever the right reading mood strikes you, you can be one of the next readers in line to check it out. For our last segment, I'm going to share my favorite book of 2022 so far. My new favorite is probably The Woman They Could Not Silence. It's incredible. But because we already talked about it, I'm going to tell you about another book from this month that I loved, On Animals by Susan Orlean. A longtime staff writer for The New Yorker, Susan Orlean has a lifetime of writing experience, and it shows in this collection of some of her favorite pieces about animals. With equal parts humor and wonder, She writes about the woman who couldn't keep track of how many tigers she owned, as well as her own experiences with her home menagerie that included chickens, ducks, turkeys, cats, and more. What are animals, and what is their place in our lives, and our place in theirs? Orlean delights in the unknowable, and even if you're not an animal lover like she is and like I am, 
I think her joy and her topic is infectious. Every essay is a masterclass in writing a feature piece with the perfect kicker at the end, but the book as a whole is also simply a funny, enjoyable read. Thanks for listening. You can visit readinglikeanadult.com to find a list of all the books mentioned in this episode. If you'd like more book recommendations or even a personalized reading list of your own, please check out my Substack newsletter, People Who Like Things. This episode was written, narrated, and produced by me. I'm Jordani Karma, and I'm glad you're joining me on this reading journey. In the next episode, we'll talk about the big question when it comes to tracking your reading life. I can't wait.